0: Welcome to the Love Lab podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single or couple, this is the show for you. Because, well, sex matters. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Céline Rémy. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Love Lab podcast. This is episode number 27. And today we are going to talk about three unusual ways to improve your sex life. So often people want to have better sex, and also they're thinking is like, well, if only I learned this one new technique, or if I became versed in this digit stimulation, that would make this happen, absolutely. And um, you know, you really have to understand that. Your sex life and your life in general, they're not separated, right? And so for many, they're like, well, I want to show up in the bedroom and be this caring, loving, patient, kind, nurturing lover, whatever. Okay, this is long, long list of things. But if that's how you want to show up in the bedroom, is that how you are showing up in your life?
1: Yeah, you know, what I what I find is so funny that is that as humans we tend to separate everything. Mm. We're like, we separate ourselves from nature. We separate ourselves from animals. Those are animals over there. We're not animals, you know, <laughs> even though we're all basically animals. Yes, we are. <laughs> we, we always, we're always separating ourselves. You know, there's, there's a little bit of a reason for that. It's just sort of a, a way to compare and contrast and see how we fit into the world. But we do it too much and we, we do it in a detrimental way. And sex is yet another way where the things that really make us good at having sex or lovemaking are not separate from the rest of our lives. And that's the thing is people, they want to take sex. They want to put it in its own little box. And then they want to say, okay, I want to get better at it. So I only can work with what's inside this box. Mm -hmm. And that's just not the reality at all.
0: Yeah. So once you realize that the way you uh, show up in life is very similar to the way you show up in the bedroom and vice versa then take a minute to pause and be like wow if I want to show up as a uh, relaxed present being like do I actually in my regular day-to-day life experience experience this on a regular basis do I have moments where I have this this presence? <laughs> This connection with myself, because if you don't, there is no way the body doesn't know like, oh, yeah, this is Celine rocking it in the kitchen. So whatever's happening, she's baking and now, woo, this is Celine in the bedroom. Yeah, let's switch this and be totally different now. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. I think your baking is definitely foreplay. It's totally connected to our lovemaking.
0: It is, absolutely. <laughs> and I do use it. I do put my sexual energy into the cooking. You know, when I'm stirring something, I'm like squeezing my pussy, putting that energy into it. And like, I know this is how I'm such a wonderful cook, you know.
1: Uh, you'll have to save uh, some more of those stories for the number two thing on our list. <laughs> but let's let's jump right into our list. So these are these are three... Unusual Ways to Improve Your Sex Life. And what's interesting is is that they really shouldn't be unusual, but they're so normal that they're now considered unusual. (laughs) So I want to start and introduce the first one by by saying that my abs are sore this morning. (laughs) Why why am I sharing that with you all who are listening? Well, you know, even though uh, Celine and I uh, work out, every day during the week, and we we go do active things on the weekends. Um, We had great lovemaking last night, and I woke up this morning, and I was like, oh, my abs are a little sore, (laughs) but I didn't even work out this weekend, which means it has to be from the lovemaking, (laughs) which is awesome. So our number one thing on the list is you have to get your body into physical shape. This is super important.
0: Mm-hmm. So one thing I, re- I remember telling Kevin about was, ah, uh, you know, we have, we have time where we make love for a long time, and by long time I mean hour, hour plus multiple hours, okay. And sometimes he's on top of me for all of this time, and I go like, like, how are your arms not sore? Like, how are you not hurting in your body? And that was really my question, and I was really puzzled about that. And then I realized that, like, his answer was something along the lines, well, why do you think that I work out for?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I said, that's what all those push-ups are for. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
0: Exactly. That's what you said. So getting in physical shape is so important because you want to be able to last so one thing is like oh yeah i want to be able to last longer if you're a guy and you're like okay maybe you've been taking our courses and you're like yeah i'm like mastering my ejaculation i know how to last longer sure but can your body not just your cock sustain the, what it you know what it requires in order to have lovemaking for some yeah. time
1: so if you've learned how to separate your ejaculation and your orgasm as a guy and and you've learned to control that so that now you can make love as long as you want. Well, that's awesome. Hopefully uh, you learned that from us through our Power of mastery program. <laughs> but either way, you know, it doesn't do you any good if you can't physically keep up for that long. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm going to, you know, I don't, we don't like to really Read stuff on this show too much. Like, we we want it to be very conversational and just who we are. But just to give you an idea of how important this is, I want to read just a couple of little things from some research that we've done on this subject. So, according to WebMD, there are three primary components to fitness endurance, strength, and flexibility, of course, right? Pretty much everybody knows that. But if you're in shape, you have more aerobic endurance, muscular strength, and overall flexibility, all of which Can aid a person during sex
0: That's from WebMD
1: That's from WebMD They're specifically (laughs) saying that if you get in shape You will have better sex And they're also saying that it will reduce your risk of injury during sex Such as pulling a muscle (laughs) But then they go on to say that a study published in uh, 1999 in the Annals of Behavioral Medicine found that college students who exercised regularly were better able than non-exercising classmates to take a life's daily stresses in stride. So what they're saying is, obviously, working out will reduce stress. Stress is, you know, I call stress the the boner killer. Mm -hmm. If there's one thing, at least in my life anyway, that... uh, has the biggest negative effect on sex life at stress mm-hmm. would yeah you, would you I... like to tell us why I know you know why that is? <laughs>
0: Oh my god, I'm being put on the spotlight. Oh my god, what am I supposed to say
1: here? <laughs> I
0: do know that when you are stressed out, you want like you won't reach out for me as often. You won't be like, hey, let's have sex or like or have erections that that are like showing up at all given time. Like we have to work more into like shifting you into be like, hey, let's have sex. You're like tired. You're like I'm tired. Yeah. Don't like it's-, it's not that you don't want it. We're thinking you can't, and then we like well we can still make it happen, but yeah.
1: It's hard to get motivated when at the end mm-hmm. of the day, all you want to do is fall asleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I do notice, as you correctly said, that um, when I'm experiencing times of stress, that I feel less turned on. Mm-hmm. I have fewer erections mm-hmm. and it takes a little bit more to get going. Yeah, And all of those things then, of course, generally equate to less sex, unless you're really making it a focus that, as we teach... We've talked on the show before, and as we teach in our programs, is you don't wait to have sex until you're turned on. You get yourself turned on, and then you have sex. And that, mm-hmm. that's 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 a whole other episode, actually. And we've shared that at least in one episode. I'm just going to share a couple quick more things with you to to demonstrate how important this is. According to Best Life Online, sex has been scientifically proven to ease stress, lower blood pressure, boost your immune system, and increase libido. Basically, sex begets sex.
0: <laughs>
1: Thus, kicking off a never ending cycle of pleasure.
0: Ooh, I like that. A never ending <laughs> cycle of pleasure. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm in. <laughs>
1: And here's, all right, here's maybe one that you haven't thought of. So obviously, we know that, that the physical exercise is helping you get into shape so you feel better. It's increasing the good uh, hormones. It's decreasing the stress hormones. That's all great. But uh, according to bodybuilding.com, Dr. Sandra LeBloom, maybe that's how you say it. I don't know. But she's the, <laughs> the director of the Center for Sexual and Marital Therapy at the UMDNJ... Robert Wood Johnson Medical School (laughs) in New Jersey. So this is like real research stuff, right? Um, (laughs) What she's saying is that uh, no one disputes the evidence that women of any age can be unhappy with their sex life, but the reasons for that discontent change with age. So with younger women, they're more likely to report difficulty reaching orgasm. But with older women, they report things like a partner who can't perform. So the older women, according to, to uh, Dr. LeBloom here, uh, the, the younger women, it's their own sort of personal thing. They can't get out of their own head or whatever it is, and they have more difficulty orgasming. The older women, they figured that part out, and they're like, okay, but the problem is their partners can't keep up anymore.
0: Yeah, but I also see that uh, there's a second part to that for those women that are over 50s where it's, it's either their partner or it's themselves. They're feeling that they are no longer physically desirable.
1: Exactly, and that's the, that's the other side of it, which that's is that cool. the women themselves, when they're not in shape, feel less physically desirable. So uh-huh. I, I imagine uh-huh. some of our listeners can relate to this, but when either yourself or your partner feels physically undesirable... They don't want to take their clothes off Mm -hmm. or they're maybe less likely to initiate sex because it's like, oh, then this, he's going to see this or "Ah, I don't really like my body or they're going to be hiding under the covers or they're going to be most likely engaging in behaviors that don't really, they're not really conducive to creating sex.
0: Mm -hmm. So you come with inhibitions, you come with shame and all of that get in the way of that Cycle of pleasure,
1: exactly, never ending. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, really, like what what that means is that without physical shape, hormones get out of whack. Um, some positions are hard to do <laughs> when you're making love. Mm. Your mojo is low, and if you're a guy, your erections are down. Or and if you're a woman, you're you just don't you're not in the mood. Your libido is flat, and you're tired.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that pretty much sums it in terms of like, wow, okay, so you wanna get physical if you wanna improve your sex life. Something that a lot of people don't always think about, they're like, well, but uh, I do some cardio and I do this. And I wanna say that something that made the most difference in my life is to introduce strength training or um, also high intensity um, training, right? Mm-hmm. HIT, also known as HIT. Um, and a client of mine was telling me about the story of his friend who had some, you know, some weight to lose and he was about 60 pounds overweight and his doctor recommended him that he stopped his cardio and start doing stre- strength training and within just a few weeks like, you know, that turns into a few months probably, but he lost 60 pounds and got back in shape. And A lot of people go to the fitness or do things and do cardio. But what I've noticed is they don't quite always do it, I want to say, properly and it's kind of like even like let's say we walk in the neighborhood and we see people running and they run really funny and they're thinking they're doing themselves such a favor because they're like oh i'm doing my cardio i'm running here they're running on this really hard asphalt that's really bad from their joint they don't have the proper shoes and they don't have the proper form so the running that they're doing is actually detrimental to their body
1: well all right so I'm going to let you all in on a little secret that most of you probably don't know, but in a in, uh, past life, well, not really past life, <laughs> just when I was younger, <laughs> it feels like a past life, I actually worked as a personal trainer. I studied under U.S. Olympic coaches. I worked at extremely high-end uh, country club place where, you know, there were Olympic athletes routinely. A lot of my coworkers were former Olympic athletes, that sort of thing. So I have a little bit of experience in this area. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's what I'm trying to say. And um, so what you're talking about, the strength training versus the cardio, there's some real reasons for that. The first one is is that when most people do cardio, even when they go to the gym, it doesn't even matter if they have good form, they get on the treadmill and they run at a certain pace for 30 minutes. What they're not realizing is uh, the Starbucks that they had on the way into the gym to get them motivated enough <laughs> to actually get on the treadmill, they didn't even burn enough calories in that 30 minute second to work off the Starbucks that they just drank. So here they are thinking that they're burning all these calories and they're doing all this great, you know, exercise. Mm -hmm. And sure, it's better than nothing, but they don't understand why they're never actually losing weight. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's really, if you want to lose weight, it's kind of as simple as you have to take, you have to burn more calories than you take in. Mm -hmm. And so people don't realize all the hidden sources of calories. And I literally, I mean... I worked in gyms for years, and I would watch people do this. They would walk in with their Starbucks, double grande, super frappa, whatever it is thing, you know? (laughs) And and they don't realize there's like, I don't even know how many calories would be in one of those things. 800 calories, whatever it is. It's like a third of their day's calories in one drink. And that's just what they have before they get on the treadmill, right? So that's one reason. The other reason is that... uh, muscle mass actually burns calories, right? So, you know, if you go do cardio, you're going to burn calories while you're doing cardio and you will continue to burn calories for a certain amount of time after you do the cardio. Um, But when you increase lean muscle mass, it will actually burn more calories 24 hours a day, all day long, because the muscle mass needs energy. Mm -hmm. So it's always burning calories, even while you sleep. Mm -hmm. So the more lean muscle mass you have, the more calories you're going to burn. It's, it's kind of simple math, but that's, that's, those are two of the reasons why the strength training works so well.
0: Thanks for sharing that, Kevin. That was cool. If you're not yet fully inspired, trust me, like when I started working out uh, with Kevin and we transformed our garage into a gym and so every day we do strength training. Um, and that's funny, I was just talking about this this morning. I first went through a lot of pain uh, just because, I don't know, my body, I had maybe different things I was doing. I had to rewire my body and there were areas that were painful and I stuck through it, through the discomfort and the benefits that came from building more muscles. Not only do I feel better in my body, but it looks better, it's more toned, but also my level of confidence. It really affected how I carry myself, how I speak, how I feel, um, and so how I present myself, how others perceive me, and that really had a tremendous impact on just my overall well-being, not just the health. And again, I think with how how i look how people perceive me as well because it's also part of having good sex i mean you gotta feel sexy you gotta and then if you do look the part that makes it easier for your partner to get turned on as well so (laughs) Uh, but definitely checking like strength training i would highly recommend it it's
1: it's great when you look at your partner whether clothed or naked and think Holy fuck. <laughs> yeah, I want me some of that. <laughs> mm. So
0: now that we are talking about some of that, uh, let's move to our second point.
1: Number two is very closely related to number one.
0: <laughs> yeah, we had to put it. Like, literally, it's diet. And I don't really like the term diet because it, it feels of, like people well, like...
1: What we mean by diet is what you what eat. What you
0: eat. Yeah. And <laughs> Kevin always has something that he says, the recipe is really simple in terms of, of what you do, you know, it's like move more, eat less.
1: Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Move more, eat less. But actually, when it comes to sex, there's even some more Mm -hmm. reasons for it. For instance, uh, we have a whole section in our men's course. Uh, power and mastery about foods that kill testosterone.
0: Oh my God! People don't always know that, but like alcohol is not really good, especially we're talking here about beer, uh, because beer has phytoestrogen, so estrogen mimics. Estrogens are the female hormones, so it doesn't really do good in the guys. You As know? do
1: a lot of foods. So even people who think they're being healthy and they're they're uh, eating a little meat or not much meat and they're they're doing a lot of vegetarian type foods. Soy products, soy
0: products, big yeah. source
1: of phytoestrogens.
0: But people who do also meat or dairy, uh, and they don't go organic, they are loaded with antibiotics and the what is the RG...
1: RGBH a- recumbent bovine growth hormone. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and pesticides uh-huh. and all these other things that are just trashing your system, yeah. destroying your internal gut flora, and then causing a whole host of other health mm-hmm. problems.
0: So, and then maybe last, I want you know, we all know that, but sugar, like especially refined sugar, anything that comes in a box, basically, is like, <laughs> you know, even if it's organic, even if it's at your health food store, if it comes in a box and it has more than five ingredients, you're probably better off not eating it and making something yourself that's more simple.
1: Absolutely. And I want to I wanna relate this back to our number one, which is the exercise. So I mentioned to our listeners that I used to work as a personal trainer. When I first got into the health and fitness industry. I used to think, you know, cause I was weightlifting a lot and I was, you know, taking the protein shakes and the, <laughs> the create, you know, all the stuff that people would do back then and probably still do today. But I used to be like, in my mind, I used to think it's all about working out. Like if you want to be fit, you want to have big muscles, it's all about working out. And I used to say, yeah, it's like 80% working out in the gym and like 20% what you eat. And then as time went on and as I worked in the industry a little bit longer and I had more clients and I learned more things, I started to realize, ah, you know, it's probably about 60% working out and about 40% diet, you know. And then, and then as the years went on and things changed, I'm like, you know, actually, I think it's really about 50% working out and 50% <laughs> what you eat, you know? (laughs) And then some more time went on. Life circumstances changed. Maybe I wasn't training as much as I used to, but I was keeping my diet really good. What I really realized is it's actually about 20-80. In other words, it's about 20% working out and about 80% what you eat. So Mm -hmm. all that we said about working out is absolutely true. And I'm not saying, oh, it's only 20%, so you shouldn't worry about it. You absolutely need to do it. But What's even more important is making sure that you have a good diet. And we see it all the time. Mm -hmm. We see people that are like, oh, I train all the time and I run this many miles and I get on the bike and I do all this stuff, but they're still a little overweight. Mm -hmm. It's all diet.
0: Yeah, yeah. So remember fresh, fresh veggies fresh fruits and anything that's homemade and i make a lot of things myself like i'm a big i love cooking so i make pretty much everything from scratch and often we joke about it because let's say i made these uh almond cookies do you remember those and you were like oh my god these are so good and like but the almond cookies that i made just had almonds maple syrup and coconut oil and that was about it, you know, mm-hmm. that was the almond flour, like free ingredients.
1: Trust me, you've never tasted an almond cookie like this before, because when you buy almond cookies, there's only a teeny tiny little bit of almonds in them. or it's a almond, lot of
0: sugar. <laughs> or,
1: or it's almond extract, yeah. because almonds are expensive.
0: Exactly. And so what, what you comment there was that once you have this type of food, you're like, you never want to go back to eating... Yeah. The package stuff.
1: There's so many examples of that. Like yeah. I remember years ago, I, I bought a uh, juicer because I used to love to have orange juice in the morning, even though it's not necessarily the greatest for you. I mean, it's, it's decent. Um, and I didn't want to buy orange. I'm like, no, you know, I was doing all fresh raw foods and I started making, uh, fresh orange juice mm-hmm. a couple times a week. And I was like, Oh, it's, it's not even the same product <laughs> as what you buy in the store. Yeah. If you put the two of them together, not only is the color different, the smell is different, the taste is different, the energy is different. They're, they're literally mm-hmm. like two completely different foods. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much the same for anything that you do fresh and healthy mm-hmm. and raw versus what comes in a package. So I want to give you
0: just a few foods that are aphrodisiacs. we're talking about Ooh, ways to improve your sex yeah. life, so might as well use good foods to have good sex.
1: <laughs> so,
0: well number one is dark chocolate and by the way i'm, I'm specifically saying dark chocolate anything milk anything below i want to say 80 percent is not going to cut it okay you want to go for the dark stuff
1: like real, real chocolate, chocolate not yeah. that watered down american junk
0: you know another one that's really amazing is avocado avocado will give you really good fats um, fats have gotten such a bad rap but actually healthy fats are essential for the production of hormones of testosterone and so people that are really low fat diets, uh, often are out of balance. So including really good, healthy fat will help you.
1: Yeah. And that's an important one that we, we wanted to mention is this, this war on fat yes. is ridiculous. Yeah. Fat is essential. Yeah. In fact, there's, there's, uh, a certain, uh, a group of vitamins called fat-soluble vitamins. Yeah. So you need fat if in order to absorb those exactly, things.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Um,
1: so, yeah, this idea that fat is bad is not correct. It's just certain kinds of fats and how much fat. So mm-hmm. you want to have the healthy fats, get rid of the junk fats.
0: Yeah. Plus the fats uh, make you less hungry when you have good sources of fats. Um, you're like, like the avocados here. It's like, wow, it lasts for a good time. You're not hypoglycemic or feeling yeah. like low sugar afterwards. There's,
1: there's a lot of body uh, metabolic processes that require fat for mm-hmm. them to function properly.
0: So I'm going to give you just a few more here. Figs, walnuts, vanilla, and chili pepper. Mmm. Mmm. I'm getting like... Um, my mouth is watering just for thinking about that. As you can tell, <laughs> I'm a foodie. So- <laughs> <laughs> Remember, you can use your food then to increase your libido to uh, just kind of like improve your sex life. So not only mm-hmm. can you like uh, maybe bring in, like, take in less, but also make better quality and better choices.
1: Right, so just if we were to sum up the diet portion, it's basically um, it will help you get in better shape. Mm-hmm. You'll be healthier, so you'll be more physically able. It will uh, stimulate the production of the hormones that'll make you feel turned on and sexy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can additionally use food as aphrodisiacs to give yourself a little boost, a little stimulation.
0: Mm, I like that. Plus, it's sexy. You can feed it to each other, drink it before lovemaking. And, you know, the mind plays a good
1: role, too. So that's hmm. good. All right, let's get into number three.
0: Yeah. You know, this one was, I was so surprised to discover this. So let me tell you a little bit about this. Our number three way is uh, meditation.
1: Did you say three way?
0: Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't catch that one.
1: <laughs> oh, but I did.
0: <laughs> okay, back there, back on track. <laughs> So meditation. So I actually uh, studied meditations many, many years ago when I was uh, traveling around the world and I was in India and I learned there and I learned different forms of meditation. And I had like, good results with meditation, but then I learned a different form. Uh, but I want to say maybe about seven years ago, I was introduced to a form of meditation that's called transcendental meditation or TM for short. And I went through the training and the whole like initiation And I was absolutely, like, totally surprised and shocked at how much better my sex life became. Like, literally, I went through my training. I think it's like three days you initiate it, and then you go through this, and then you just have to do your daily uh, twice-a-day practice. And my love life, my sex life became so much better, like, instantly. And I was just wondering, like, how is that? possible like like really like it blew my mind it's just meditation how can it make my sex better and then I started to realize like a few things that happen when you meditate it lowers your cortisol level and so when when you know when you have too much cortisol it prevents the woman from experiencing orgasms and it also uh, lowers your um, adrenaline levels. And this is all that that's in the way when when you're a guy, you well, know. It
1: kills your testosterone, which it also does. affects your erections.
0: Mm-hmm. And um, and and ultimately, it comes to my mind. You know, one of the biggest challenges that most people have is, how can I be more present? How can I get out of my head? And suddenly, it was easier to shift from, out, like, into my body, out of my head, into my body. And it was like, it wasn't as much of a struggle as it used to be. And then the quality of the lovemaking really became much better.
1: Absolutely. And uh, I want to just share a little bit more research that that, uh, we have for you on this. Basically, meditation tackles stress, anxiety, and depression. Mm -hmm. So it will help with all of those things. And so it activates parts of the brain, including the prefrontal cortex... And it deactivates the stress centers, which is the amygdala. So we're not getting too technical about any of this stuff because this isn't really a technical show. But, but basically, um, when you're stressed, you go into the fight or flight response, which puts you into what we call the reptilian brain, right? Mm-hmm. And when that happens, that produces stress hormones, which then, of course, lower your testosterone, uh, reduce your... Uh, Erections if you're a man And basically just make you in survival mode Where you're not thinking about sex in any way, shape, or form Mm -hmm. So meditation actually decreases the stress response And increases the relaxation response And then all of a sudden your body starts to open up And be like, oh yeah, now I'm not worried about Whether or not I'm going to survive I can focus on maybe pleasures in the world (laughs) (laughs) So uh, that's really important. Um, One other thing that I wanted to add uh, when it comes to meditation too is that meditation actually will increase DHEA levels. And everyone's like, okay, great. Well, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> but DHEA, you've probably heard of it as a supplement, but it's a precursor to both testosterone and estrogen. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like what we were talking about with the food and giving your body everything it needs to maximize the good hormones, reduce the stress hormones. Same thing here. The meditation is actually going to raise the precursors, which will then allow your body to produce more testosterone and estrogen and good sexy hormones, and then you'll feel more in the mood.
0: Wow, well, that's pretty cool.
1: But here's the coolest thing. So, yeah, that, you know, okay, that's cool. That might help a little bit. But uh, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, uh, he's the former president of the American Board of Anti Aging Medicine uh, and a current researcher. He discovered that meditators' DHE, DHEA levels were higher by at least 40%. Ah, 40%? That's
0: huge. That's, that's like big. nearly half mm-hmm. more. <laughs> Like, that's a great. Like, that's a huge yeah. increase. Absolutely.
1: I think the other really cool thing about meditation is, uh, you've mentioned this already, is the getting out of the monkey mind. Oh, yeah. So there's the brain chemistry stuff, mm-hmm. right? But then there's like everybody, especially if they're a little concerned about their performance in the bedroom, mm-hmm. they start getting really in their head. Mm-hmm. Oh, am I going to be able to do it? If mm-hmm. they're a guy, like, how oh, am I going to be able to... I'll keep an erection or am I gonna be able to give her an orgasm? Or am I gonna be able to control my ejaculation? There's all this stuff that gets in people's heads. Mm-hmm. And that really takes them out of the present moment. And so the meditation I think is a great tool to help you learn to control that monkey mind, those mm-hmm. thoughts.
0: Yeah. And then the, I think one of the other side effects that is also of all of these combined is that you have lower stress. Like if you, if you move more, if you eat better, and then you sleep better. And the better you sleep, the more your body has a time to replenish to do all the thing it needs to do to perform at its maximum. And then when you sleep better, you feel more rested, you have more energy, you feel more horny, and it improves your overall mood, health, and libido.
1: How, how many people have experienced that when they go on vacation, they're hornier? Yeah. Why do you think that is? Uh-huh. You're de-stressing. Yes. Yeah. Well, rather than waiting for your probably once a year, if you live in America, vacation, uh, you could experience that same thing all the time if mm-hmm. you just changed some of your habits a little bit.
0: Yeah. Well, I hope this episode was inspiring. So remember to focus on getting your body in physical shape, focus on what you put in your body with the food, and use meditation as a way to de-stress and rebalance your body so that you can improve your sex life.
1: And if you do all of that, you too can wake up in the morning after great sex with sore abs. (laughs)